0: You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9 15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on. Hello to everybody online this morning. We are so glad that you're a part of our services. We're omnipresent. We're everywhere at one time. We're here and we're online and we're all over the world and It's so much fun. I'm so glad that you're here, and I just want to give a shout out this morning uh, to you in the room. You created such an amazing atmosphere for the presence of God this morning. I felt his reign. I hope you felt his reign this morning. We're people of his presence. We love to worship, and we truly believe that as we worship, he's in the praises of his people, and it was powerful this morning. Thank you. Thank you for just entering in and giving yourself to worship today, and we just believe that you at home felt that as well you're watching and tuning in to our service today. Hey, uh, last week, Frank Satius, Pastor Frank, was here on screen, and we just so appreciate our sister church, uh, Oshawa Community Church, and uh, they're going to be announcing a name change really soon. I can't tell you what it is, but it's really, it's really awesome, and uh, as they're believing for great things in Oshawa, we just love Pastor Frank and Chris so very much. We also want to just let you know that if you call Harvest Your Home Church... On October the 28th at 7 o'clock is uh, um, our annual meeting where our auditor is here and our auditor makes a uh, presentation of how your giving your tithes and your offerings and how we uh, spend them here at Harvest Christian Fellowship. We do a report and an audit each year, a report to reader uh, each year. So uh, if you're interested in that, you're more than welcome to be a part and sit in on that meeting on October the 28th at 7 p.m. All right, retrofit your faith. And uh, that word kind of dropped in my spirit uh, several weeks ago, just that God was retrofitting us and kind of wondered what does that mean. Um, and the idea of in a factory, when a factory gets retrofitted, on the outside of the factory it looks the same. Um, on the inside you still have workers and things are going on. But what's being produced off the end of the, um, the assembly line is there's a new product. Say new product. So God's retrofitting us here. We're going to talk about retrofitting our faith, retrofitting our prayer lives in days to come as we've just kind of been following and kind of trying to uh, attune ourselves to the wind of the Holy Spirit right now and what he's saying to us. I was a part of a, a pastoral conference this week virtually and uh, churches like ours all across Canada, a family of churches that we belong to, and every one of the keynote speakers very clearly, and we saw witness to it, uh, that the church is in its best days, and God is about to move on the earth in an unprecedented way with signs and wonders, people getting saved. We are living in great, great days. This isn't the end of the world. Uh, the world isn't over. Uh, there's too uh, much harvest, that's our name, harvest to happen. Jesus said there would be rumors and uh, war and there would be pestilence. Well, we've got some of those and plagues. We've got that stuff going on. But he said don't focus on that. That's not the focus. So many teachings right now are focusing on all the crazy stuff happening in the world. Jesus said focus on my agenda. At the end there will be a great harvest. We believe uh, that we're in those great days. So As a church, we want to be ready for that. Unfortunately, there are churches all across North America that are not sustainable and literally closing their doors. We want to open our doors a little wider uh, and see more people come to Jesus in these days. So retrofit, when we use that word, dictionary word, to furnish something such as a computer, an airplane, a building, a factory, whatever it is, with new or modified parts or equipment, not available or considered necessary at the time of manufacture. The world is different than it's been before, and it will continue. We are not going back to any kind of what it was before. There is going to be pre-COVID and post-COVID, as we're very well aware. And so God has to get his church ready for what is coming. I appreciate so much uh, Frank Francis. I didn't know it was Francis. Um, That there is something... There's something that we're getting ready for, and God wants to get his church ready. Say ready, and we have to be different as well. We've got to be ready and different in order to uh, come into this new season of the world, and so we're being retrofitted. We didn't need it before, but we need it now. Say now. Thanks for being with me this morning, cheering me on this morning Uh, at home. If you can text in the box, that helps us know that you're tracking, and we love it when you do that. The last time we looked at a man who was suffering very deeply, his son was suffering with so many ailments, we talked about the plight of human suffering, and uh, he asked Jesus, do you have the ability to do something about this? And Jesus' response was really interesting, because he said, the question isn't, uh, do I have the ability? The question is, do you have the ability to believe? And the man said, I believe, help my unbelief. And really, paraphrasing what he was saying was, I want to believe. I do. I don't know how, but I want to. If that's what I need to do, that's what I want to do. I want to believe for a miracle. I want to believe, God, for you to do something in my life. And the thought I left with you was that for us that have been here for a while, part of the retrofitting of our faith is that we need to believe again. We need to stir our faith again, not just talk about it, not just read about it, but exercise our faith in a way that God begins to move in our midst the way I know that he wants to, and he's asking us the question today, do you believe? And we're responding, yes, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. I want to stir you to believe again in these days and discover that God can make the impossible possible. With God, all things are? Amen. Come on. I'm reaching to the right group uh, this morning. We're going to look at John chapter 21. Let me set that up for you. Um, In this portion of Scripture, Jesus has uh, gone to the cross and died, been put in a tomb for three days. He's risen again, and he's revealed himself, really important word, revealed himself to his disciples in his post-resurrection body or in his body that we will see him in in heaven. Uh, If uh, we were to die right now and go to heaven, we would see Jesus in the same form that they were seeing him revealed in the same way that the disciples saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration when we looked at this last scripture of the man saying, is there anything you can do? The disciples had been on the mountain with Jesus getting a revelation or an unveiling in a way they could understand that would stir them to believe who Jesus really was. And so that's what's happening today. As we look at this portion of Scripture, he's revealing himself to his disciples. We pick up the story uh, here in John 20, uh, starting at verse 30. The disciples saw Jesus, saw him do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in the book. These are written so that you, you are the you in the portion, all right? As we read what's recorded in the book, it's written so that you, you and I can continue to believe that our faith would grow, it would continue. God wants your faith to continue today. He doesn't want it to stop. He doesn't want you thinking about the way it was yesterday, as uh, Frank admonished us already this morning, and not how it uh, is going to be, but how it is right now. He wants your faith to continue. So it's written so that our faith can continue that Jesus is who he said he was, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Son of God. And that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Come on, I think I want to pray right there. Father, we just ask this morning that you would help us be stirred to be those disciples that get an eye full of revelation of who you are, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God as we mix these things together today. That we would be retrofitted for the days that are coming. Lord, but that begins by being in today and stirring our faith today to believe again. Help us, Lord, as we do that. In your name we pray and everyone said amen. Amen out at home as you're watching uh, today. So that's the lead into the story. Jesus is revealing who he is and he wants to raise uh, their faith and he wants to raise ours. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee, and this is how it happened. And so it's kind of, the Bible's kind of written almost in uh, like a cinematic uh, kind of format. And so it says that this is how it happened. You know, it kind of comes up on the screen and kind of gives us a hint of how the story's unrolling. And uh, and so here's how it happened. Now, another story. So Jesus has died, rose again. He's appearing. He's trying to raise their faith. And so literally right, right as we're reading, several of the disciples were there. Uh, verse uh, uh, 21, chapter 21, verses 2 and 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. <laughs> We'll come too, they all said. And so they went out into the boat. All right, so we are just post uh, all of the happenings in Jerusalem. uh, About a week, inside of a week, or a little bit more. And their world, the disciples, is upside down because Jesus has died. Now just kind of help me a little bit as I unfold this for you and try to make it relatable to where we're living today. That for the disciples and for the world, the world would never be the same again after the event, the cross event, the the event of Jesus going to the cross and dying. It would never be the same spiritually. It would never be the same physically. It would never be, the world would never be, be the same. In fact, we keep uh, the date before Christ and in the year of our Lord. Uh, A.D. is a, a Latin term, in the year of our Lord. And so even our calendar recognizes something happened in time and space that changed it forever. It's called the cross event, the resurrection event, and it's what gives you and I life today. Come on. Never, ever be the same. Well, we're an event today. COVID is an event. I thought it would be about a week long. I figured, come on, might I'm sure we can get all this figured out in a week. And then it was two and three and months, and, and now they're using really ugly words like years. And I, I, I don't listen. Uh, to, I, I can't. Uh, and, and so we're moving day by day. Someone said to me today, that earlier this morning, we got to go day by day. True enough. But we're in a time that literally our lives are upside down, inside out, And we know the world will never be the same. I want to make this relatable to you today. And so Peter says, I'm tossing it in today. I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to what I knew before. I'm going back to the way things were before and what I knew. Let me explain. If we go back to Mark We take the cinematic uh, feature now and go three years prior to this scene. (laughs) And we do that and go back to Mark chapter 1. It says this. One day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Same place they are. Fast forward where we just rewound from. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water. They're not fishing with fishing rods. They're not leisurely fishing. They're fishing for a living. For they fished for a living they cast they were casting nets. Jesus called out to them, "Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people." And they left their nets at once and they followed him. They changed their career 3 years before. They dropped their nets. They weren't commercial fishermen any longer. Now they were disciples, learning ministry, learning how they were going to plant churches in Jerusalem, learning how to be with Jesus, learning about this great event where the world would never be the same. And he chose 12 guys and said, I'm going to use you. They were uh, the unlikelies, like you and I are unlikelys. I feel pretty unlikely these days. But those are the people Jesus loves to use. Three years before, as we rewind, they said yes to a new career, yes to Raining. No to fishing. Let's fast forward back to our event of uh, how it happened that day that Jesus revealed himself to them. And so they're talking and uh, they're like, hey, I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's been a week since Jesus has been here and uh, we have no money. Judas spent it all, and uh, he had the money bag, and we have no money. I'm not sure what we're going to do. Maybe they were talking about will we apply for CERB or unemployment insurance or whatever uh, they're inventing today because every day it changes a little bit. Are we going to ask for money to help us since we, we, we were doing one thing, and now we're doing another, and everything's changing, and it's different, and as they're talking about it, Peter jumps up, and he says, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going back to fishing. And they said, hey, we're going with you. And so they jump up and get into the boat and faced with the very real and practical needs of their moment, faced with uncertainty, faced with a world that will never be the same, faced with everything that was going upside down, they decided that they were going to go back to what they knew before and in their own strength and in their own ability to think it through, they said, this is what we're going to do. And they fished all night, and they caught nothing. Let's go back. Here we are. I'm setting the story up for you. This is how it happened that he revealed himself to them. These these are the circumstances. These are the circumstances that he's going to reveal himself to us today. All right? Here we go. They were fishing all night long. They caught nothing. Today, as we retrofit our faith, they needed to retrofit theirs to go into the new world that they were a part of. And we're going to read about a miraculous catch of fish that they had a miracle, that Jesus wants to work by his Holy Spirit at Harvest Christian Fellowship in Cornwall and all the churches in this region, in my life, in your life, the Holy Spirit wants to move in a way that he's never moved before. There have been some great moves of God in the past, but I believe we are in the precipice of the greatest move of God on planet earth, and we need to get retrofitted so we can be in the factory, and we can make sure that the output of this house is exactly what the world needs. We can be the disciples that can alleviate the human suffering and have an answer when people come and say, can you? And the answer is, not can we. We know Jesus can. Come on, let's believe together. He said to Simon, he calls out to Simon, and Simon doesn't know that it's Jesus on the shore. Hey, boys, catch anything? I fish a little bit. I hunt a lot more. I can't stand it when I come back from a hunting trip or a fishing trip and I'm skunked. And somebody that knows I went goes, so, did you get anything? And they kind of say it with a bit of a smirk because they want to challenge how good of an outdoorsman I really am. And, uh, and so you don't want to answer that question. You usually give some smart, alecky response to that, you know. And so Jesus said to Simon, did you catch anything? And the answer was no, no, no. We didn't catch anything. I want to roll back to a story. Our first principle this morning as we're retrofitting faith, we're going to do retrofitting one, two, 10,000. I don't know how how long we're going to do this. But until our faith begins to grow a little more, mine begins to grow, yours begins to grow. And Jesus, in another story exactly like this one, but just a little earlier on, told the guys that they needed to launch out into the deep and let their nets down for a catch. Principle number one, as we retro fit our faith, as we look at this story, from Luke 5, verse 4, Simon, launch into the deep, let down your nets. Number one, you're a miracle. Come on, you've got to get this this morning, write it down. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't have notes if you tried to download them online. If you're scrambling, just pay attention to what I'm saying this morning. You won't find the notes, they're not there. Get into some deeper water this morning because your miracle is in the deeper water. Your miracle this morning is in the deeper water. I'm going to explain that. We've always had a pool at our house and taught our children to swim and now watching our grandkids swim. When children are toddlers and maybe when they're infants, some people start that soon. And If you've seen uh, footage uh, online with um, Brittany and uh, uh, and and Ryan's little guy Everest, they just kind of one of those babies. He throws them in the deep end. He looks like you know his blonde hair, and he's underwater, and he's doing all that. That's really cool. But as kids get a little older, and you're teaching them, they look at that shallow end, and they'll ask you a question. They'll say, "Is the water over?" Let's try on this side. Is the water? Want to know if the water's over my head? I want to know if I can touch bottom. I want to know that because I'm just learning to swim. I don't want to get in the water over my head. I don't want to really trust the water to swim. I want to trust the bottom to stand on. When the disciples would fish... The type of fish, the species of fish, was shallow water fish. They would go out in the shallows. They would be able to see the schools of fish, and they would throw the nets over the schools of fish and, and try to pull them in and catch them. They were used to shallow water fishing. But remember, this is about retrofitting. This is about something new, something we've not done before, someplace we've never been. I appreciate a, a Pastor a Dick leading us in huddle this morning. As he and Margot has served the Lord so many years, and he said, "Even we realize we've not been here before. We can't rely on what we learned in another day. We can't rely on a way that we used to do it. That God is taking us away that we've never been before." And he told the disciples, "You got to get into some deep water. Your miracle is in the deep water." And, you, you, and they would say, "But the fish are in the shallow water. Maybe so, but how's that working for you? We're not catching it." anything right you need to listen you need to obey and they launched out and went into the deep water I want to talk to people today that either by choice or not by your choice you're in deep water today you're in water over your head as you look overboard you see nothing but darkness you see nothing but the abyss of the ocean today you see nothing but the waves crashing over you come on I can relate to you we want to relate to you today yes the water is over our heads right now We've never been in water like this. It is deep. I can't see the bottom. I can't touch the bottom. And I am in water over my head. And you're in water over your head today. But your miracle is in the deep water. The miracle that you're believing God for today is in the deep water. You're in the right place for a miracle. You've positioned just right this morning for a miracle. Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, I won't let you drown. Come on, I know we feel like we're drowning. I know that's a lie of the enemy saying, get back to what you know. That's the devil's lie saying, get into the water you can stand up in. And the Holy Spirit's saying today, no, I need a people who will agree they've not been there. They can't touch bottom. They can't trust themselves, but they'll trust the Holy Spirit in the deep waters. Number two, number two, he said, cast your net. (laughs) <laughs> Cast your net. John 21, verse 6. There's a lot of things you can do with a net. There was a lot of things that Peter and, and James and the sons of Zebedee and all the fishermen, not all the disciples were fishermen, some were businessmen, but the fishermen did a lot of stuff with their nets, and you can read about it in the New Testament. They would uh, get together after fishing and they would wash their nets. And some of you would say, yeah, I mean, fish stink. They're slimy. And uh, all that goo on the net. You don't want your nets to rot. You don't want your nets. So you wash your nets. I want you to think about this this morning. That's true. But another portion of Scripture where they fished all night and caught nothing, the Bible says that they came in and washed their nets. Why would you wash a net even when you didn't catch fish? There must be a real reason, a different reason for washing the net. Remember, they were shallow water fishermen. And so in shallow water and in the Sea of Galilee, that's got a murky bottom and all kinds of junk and debris, they had cast out their nets. This morning as we talk about casting a net, we're talking about believing again, casting our faith out there for a miracle. And we've been casting our nets, and I know in my own life, and if I'm honest today, I've pulled in some junk. I didn't get the miracle I was looking for, praying for, believing God for, at least not yet. Say not yet. It's always a not yet with God, but we kind of get like the disciples and, uh, you know, we pull it in and somebody's old crinkly up beer can that they threw overboards in my net. Twigs and debris in my net. And so they would wash the net. It's good to wash nets. They wash nets. Mending nets. And I taught you before about your faith and mending means find out in your life where the knots of your net are untied. You don't want holes in your faith. You don't, you don't want there to be r- big gaps in your faith, and I'm talking about our everyday lives and the disciplines, and every day they would stretch the nets out and mend them, and every day you get before the Lord, and the Bible says we stretch out our needs before the Lord, and we stretch our heart and our lives out before the Lord, and, and we allow the Holy Spirit to mend us. We need to be mended. That's good, and it's, that's kind of the tedious, isn't it? Sometimes it can be tedious and monotonous, and we've ta- I've encouraged you where, hey, even when you feel like every day maybe this This isn't doing something. It's getting you ready for another day. Hey, listen. It's great to wash the nets. It's necessary. It's great to mend the nets. But I need to declare to you today that Jesus isn't asking us to mend and wash the nets. In this moment right now, what he's telling us at harvest is he's saying, I need you to cast your net. There's no miracle without casting. There's no fish. There's no catch without throwing your net out again. It's time to believe again. I know there's been stuff in your net. I know there's been debris. I know we've been mending. But he's saying the morning. Would you trust me to believe again? And would you throw your net out for a catch and believe that there is a miracle waiting for you today? Will you do it? He's asking us, will you cast your net out? Throw it out, guys. Throw it out. (laughs) A time to mend. A time to wash. It's time to cast. Pastor I've been throwing out my net. I understand the principles. I get you. Online today, you might be thinking, Pastor Roy, I've been, I understand. I've been throwing out my net. I'm still not catching any fish. Let's look at another principle this morning. He said, because that's exactly what they were experiencing. They'd fished all night. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. <laughs> You'll get some. <laughs> Like come on. It matters which side of the boat, like there's fish here but there's no fish there. Think about it. At that moment, it's on, it's it, it's it, it's it's really it's bordering on ridiculous. So if I fish on the left side, no, if I fish on the right side, yes. Say the other side. It's amazing as you read the scriptures and I invite you to do that. Just Google search for whatever scripture version you use and look at the other side. Sometimes Jesus would take them to the other side of the lake. Sometimes he would take them to the other side of a mountain. Sometimes he would take them to the other side of a garden. Sometimes he would would just take them to the other side. Now listen, um, faith has no formula. I mean, there are people that will tell you faith has a formula. They'll tell you, read this scripture, memorize that scripture, t- say three in the name of Jesus and a little abracadabra, hallelujah, and you get your miracle. I'm being facetious on purpose because I want to bust something up today that we are creatures and we like formulas. We need to hate formulas. Because what happens is we start to forget that he's a living A God that's in our midst. He's with us today. He wants us to trust Him in the deep waters today where the miracle catch is. He wants us to cast out our net today. But we've got to do it in a way of obedience and in a way that we trust Him and we're not doing it our way. Because if I give you a formula, you would trust the formula. I would trust the formula. And we would forget that there's a God who's beyond formulas, who can do whatever He says He can do. And he'll do it any way he wants to. Not the way I want to or you want to, but the way he wants to. And so sometimes we've got to be willing to cast our net on the other side. Get to the other side. It's a way of trusting. It's a way of obedience. And the Bible says that they obey. When he he said throw the net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some, they did. Verse 6. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. I'd like the team to come back up on the platform as we shift our service today. And we're going to be praying here in a moment. There's a number of needs that have come in, and we want to pray for those today. So they did. I don't know what your other side is today. I want practically you can listen to the Holy Spirit. And as he leads you, as he directs you into some other side activities in your life. I've always done it this way. Yeah, but that, he wants to retrofit your faith. Well, I've never been involved with serving in that capacity, but he wants to retrofit your faith. I've never shared my faith with somebody. but He wants to retrofit your faith. I've never prayed for a... He wants to retrofit your faith. I've never really with my my wife gotten together and believed for a miracle in our family. We, I know they're possible. I've never... He wants to retrofit your faith. He wants you to cast it on the other side. Number four, they did it, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Number four, the final thought today, your miracle is too big for you to lift. Your miracle is too, someone's going to get this. <laughs> your miracle is too big for you to lift. The Bible says it's beyond what you can dream. I like the little miracles that I've been receiving in my life. I can kind of haul them up and get them in my life. And, but I am believing God for miracles so big that I, by myself, and right now you might be in a place where you feel alone and by yourself. You feel like you're facing the dark waters alone. You you feel like you're cut off right now, and that's what the enemy wants to do to the church right now. We're being creative in ways and trying to alleviate as much as we possibly can, and believing for a day that we'll be back jam packed in the room again. But until then, you can do it uh, through uh, texting texting in. You can do it uh, if you don't feel comfortable in the room by uh, sending in emails and all of the ways that we begin, we're going to begin praying for each other. We've made space in every service. We've never really made this much space to pray right in Sunday service. We felt it was important to begin making it a part. And as we're doing that, more and more needs are coming in. And that's not because we're more needy. It's because people are realizing. That when God's people pray together, we grab hold of the net together and we can haul in miracles together bigger than we could alone. Your miracle's too big for you to haul up alone. You're not going to, in the past, maybe you were the man of power or the woman of power for the hour and you saw miracles. He's retrofitting our faith. I'm telling you, this isn't going to be about lone ranger spiritual people getting the miracle stuff done. This is about God's people together grabbing hold of the need and believing God for the impossible. And together, we're going to haul in some big miracles. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm going to read off some needs. We're going to pray. Would you stand this morning? But I need you to focus. I need to tell you about a need as a church that we have. (laughs) I've been behind the scenes, kind of pulling my hair out for the last two months. Because two months ago, The, we have, if you've been with Harvest for a while, you know we have a miracle story about a boiler, a steam boiler that blew up, and the insurance company provided a new boiler for us because there's just no way we could have afforded to retrofit the heating system in this place. And I didn't get the word from the story I'm giving you. The word came another way. I just popped in my head now. So two months ago or more, a company, a utility company came in and said that boiler shouldn't be there. Then the TSSA got involved and said that's a ticking time bomb. That boiler was never designed for that room. Whoever installed that should have known better, but nonetheless they didn't or whatever. And they installed a boiler that cannot be there and it was tagged never to be turned on again. There are no uh, there, there is no way of changing the room's dimensions. We either have to lift the church up three feet or lower the boiler by three feet, both of which are impossibilities. I know some of you are thinking about the install and, you know, should that person be held accountable? And we've got smarter people than you and I working on that and, and, and just put that aside. But I, do, I want you to know we are being responsible because there is um, written evidence that it was negligence. Besides that, as the clock was ticking, we had to figure out how to get this room and this building warm so it doesn't freeze up because we know winter's coming. And so the tenders came in this week and we accepted and awarded, and we're converting, group retrofitting, the heating system to hot water. It's going to cost <clears throat> over $300,000. We are over our heads financially. We are in deeper financial waters than we've ever been in. We didn't even pay that much for the building. And the hard thing about this figure is when we pay it and we get it all done, nothing will have changed. Nothing will have changed. It'll still feel warm in the winter and uh, too hot in here in the summer. (laughs) So we won't appreciate and this is just weird other side stuff going on. And I just tell you that so we are aware together. And let's just pray. And I just know that there are going to be miracles that take place. Now, we can secure the funding in a loan, and we're working on that. But I don't want to be $300,000 in debt. I wanted this year to retire the small mortgage that we have and talk to you about that. <laughs> and so... I don't lay this on you as a burden today but this is getting into the realm of the ridiculous and there's no way except together we pull in a miraculous catch <laughs> and we're just going to have to grab hold of the net and listen, we just have to do what we have to do. We, we just have to take care of this. And so I present that to you. Just we'll talk about it more. And God will give us some strategies, and it's gonna be awesome. And quite honestly, Pastor's not even worried about it. I've worried before. This one I'm not even because I know the timing is too impeccable. When that boiler blew up, it was a moment in our time. And if you've been with us, you know. We went downstairs for two years, and God retrofitted us for a season of coming up, and we saw we've seen. Hundreds of people come to Jesus, and we had never seen that before. And just that boiler blowing up rechecked us, and God used it. The devil's not getting our boiler story. The devil's not getting our boiler story, which tells me the story is dot, dot, dot to be continued. That's all I can tell you. I'm not trying to spiritualize this. I'm trying to poise your faith to say, wait a minute, of all things that could have happened, that? That was a miracle. Yeah, it's got a lot of debris in it right now. (laughs) But we're gonna go out into some deep water. That story's not done. And when it's done, I know it's gonna take us to another level. I don't know how, but I just know we're gonna go to another level of faith. There are people in physical pain today. Sue Kreitz and Kate Clifford are believing for a touch in their bodies today, that pain. Someone uh, text in with abdominal pain. There are people that are believing God for the big catch that cancer would be healed, ovarian cancer today, and breast cancer. People asking, would you pray that those would be healed? Andre Prue just got word of a death of a friend and that friend suddenly is leaving behind a wife and children. The Prue family have been through so much. Anthony, a friend here at our church, lost his aunt this week and he's believing God for comfort in his family as he's uh, uh, suffering this loss of death. Would you just online and with me in the room right now, come on, let's put your hands on the net. Let's throw the net out and put our hands on it and pull, pull with prayer today, Father, we believe for touches and physical bodies right now that pain would go in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your voice. Begin to pray right now. Come on, put your hands on the nets. Put your hands on the nets. Put your hands on the nets. We believe, Father, for cancer to be healed. because, And we pray in the name of Jesus, not by formula, but by declaring that His name is above every name, that His power is above every power, and cancer has to bend its knee to the name of Jesus. Father, those looking for comfort, let comfort come. And Lord, as we poise ourselves for the greatest financial miracle this house has ever seen. <laughs> In this time where you're saying, oh, don't worry about it, Roy. Just throw the net on the other side. Are you serious right now, Jesus? Are you serious right now? I've never been more serious. Come on, I'm taking you to another another dimension, another side, another place for faith. Lord, I receive your other place today. And I thank you we're not alone in the deep waters you're with us. Hey, listen, thank you for being in our service today. God bless you online here in the room. Go with your hands on the net. Start casting. Look for small things to exercise your faith. And let's grow in these days as God retrofits our faith to believe for miracles. God bless you. Have a great week.